0: Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today with Layla and because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla, a couple of ways that you can get questions to us. Questions at drhoffman.net is one way. That way gets you a question on this podcast. But if you want to participate in my weekly radio program, you can record a question by calling 877-726-8255. All questions are a fair game, <clears throat> as long as they fall within the realm of intelligent medicine. Comments are welcome as well. 877-726-8255, 247-365, to record a question for the Intelligent Medicine Radio Show. But right now, we're working off our our list of questions that come to our mailbox at questions at drhoffman.net. Yep. Yep. So, uh, how you doing, Layla? Okay hot outside, but I don't mind. Hey, it's August. It's August. It's August.
1: What are we going to do?
0: When was it not hot? I know. know. It's always hot. So uh, I have uh, a little bit of a uh, way. I have a a recipe for cooling off because Mm. I'll be headed to to Iceland Ah. for an Icelandic vacation. Lovely. Where the uh, daytime high temperatures are in the 50s and the nighttime temperatures are in the cool
1: 40s. Oh, that sounds very nice. So I'm
0: going to bring a sweater and uh, some marine gear. Yeah. It's kind of wet there. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh while everybody's sweltering, that's my getaway. You know, I promised myself a little bit of a respite this summer. You're going to eat fantastic seafood. Seafood. You know what's weird is on Icelandic airlines, they give you an option for a meal. Mm -hmm. And I opted for their keto meal. Oh. They have a keto meal, which Uh I guess is some kind of smoked fish and, you know, maybe a tomato and... A few slices of avocado and some arugula. or Something like that. Yes, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. So, uh, that sounds like an option. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that. So, uh, questions at drhoffman.net, <laughs> destination for questions. Uh, we have, uh, you know, before we get to questions, uh, actually keying into one of the questions, because one of our questions, yes. a lot of people are concerned about this. Uh, big article in the Times uh, this week. Uh, with the lurid headline, let me see if I can pull it oh, up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the headline was, uh, let's see if I can get it. Yeah, um, and, and the
1: question from Danny, can you provide input on today's New York Times article citing the New England Journal of Medicine study that vitamin D supplements don't help protect bones from fractures? And we got the same from another. Dr. H, wow, please comment on this important study which shows no benefits to taking vitamin D from this week at NEJM.org. Yes. Uh, which
0: was uh, July 28th. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was kind of scurrilous because uh, you know we have, in the course of doing intelligent medicine, I've uh, reported on uh, literally hundreds of articles that suggest a benefit of vitamin D oh, yeah. for a variety of things, for autoimmunity, Yes, uh, for uh, insulin resistance. Yeah, uh, for pain syndromes. For pain syndromes. For
1: cancer prevention. Yes. For blood pressure. Yes. For
0: bone health. Yeah, but here, but but, but before yeah. I knew anything about vitamin D, I knew it was integral for bone health.
1: Yes, that's that the was, prevention oh, of rickets.
0: Exactly. That's yeah. That, that was one of the first discovered nutritional requirements. Yeah, was uh, vitamin D. Uh, that prevented mm-hmm. rickets. And so now they've come up with a study that inexplicably shows that vitamin D has no benefit mm-hmm. for uh, protecting against And I've looked at the study. It's in the, the New England Journal of Medicine. But what's worse than the study uh, are the unwarranted conclusions uh, that they're drawing from the study, uh, which...
1: Uh, and they it, basically highlighted an editorial
0: yes yes mm-hmm. well it, the editorial I actually have that on my iPad here and what they, I'll say I'll show you what they say in the editorial um, oh yes the study is entitled supplemental vitamin D and incident fractures in midlife and older adults and it's in the New England Journal of Medicine mm-hmm. and uh, what uh, they say in the um, uh, editorial uh First, there's an article, scientific article, and uh, the vital study was a study of vitamin D supplementation for cardiovascular prevention. Mm-hmm. And they then <laughs> did some subgroup analysis looking at uh, bone density. So it really wasn't a study of osteoporosis. And they found that after taking 2,000 international units of vitamin D for five years, uh, the uh, adults in the study, you know, mostly women, uh, did not have a reduction in fractures. And hence, uh, they conclude That vitamin D is useless for bones. Wow. Uh, But what's worse is this is from the editorial. Then they write an editorial and the editorial is, is more an opinion piece. Yes. And the opinion piece is, uh, really, uh, going to, um, uh, have, it's going to create great damage. It, and i will quoting here, an estimated one-third or more of U.S. adults 60 years of age or older take vitamin D supplements, not including those who take multivitamins or other compounds containing vitamin D. You can see the snark here that a, the, these diluted people, one-third or more of U.S. adults, are taking vitamin D supplements. Mm. Vital, and this ancillary study showed that vitamin D supplements do not have important health benefits in the general population of older adults even in those with low vitamin D levels. Well, actually, they didn't really look at people with dramatically low vitamin D levels. They actually, uh, on average, had vitamin D levels of 40. Uh, Mm -hmm. More than 10 million (coughs) 25-hydroxyvitamin D tests are performed annually in the United States. Now, you see where they're going here. Thus, there is no justification for Mm -hmm. measuring 25-hydroxyvitamin D in the general population or treating to a target serum level. They are after the insurance uh, reimbursements for vitamin D tests. They want insurers to stop paying for vitamin D tests. Um, no. And they want Medicare to stop paying for vitamin D tests. Uh, this is
1: malpractice.
0: I, I really think so. I this really think not so.
1: Not testing vitamin D uh, has to fall under malpractice. It's such an important uh, uh, measure to find out if, if there is deficiency, insufficiency... It, it sets you up for a whole lot of things, mood disorders, even COVID. COVID. What a disservice in I the mean, middle of a pandemic exactly. to tell people to stop taking. I well, mean, even Anthony Fauci will say you can, you need to take vitamin D. And,
0: That's why I had I'm a patient a come in who him. was like massively overdosing on vitamin D. I said, "Why are you taking vitamin D?" He says, "Well, Anthony Fauci said to take vitamin D. I said, "Yeah, but not to take you know twenty, uh, 20- not to
1: take uh, 50,000 thousand every day." Right.
0: <laughs> you know, he blamed yeah. Anthony Fauci. But listen yeah. to this. Adding these <clears> findings <throat> to previous reports of vital and other trials showing the lack of an effect for preventing numerous conditions suggests that providers should stop screening for vitamin D levels yeah. or recommending vitamin D supplements. We shouldn't recommend it anymore. Terrible. And people should stop taking vitamin D supplements to prevent major diseases or extend life.
1: Unbel- I, this oh is heresy. My, oh my I goodness. call this
0: heresy. I mean, I, I call I, this it is, medical I, this malpractice. Is, these
1: same people believe the world is flat. Well. I, honestly, I, it's, it just. It, it, I can't wrap my brain no, what they believe, that this was in the New
0: England Journal of Medicine. What they believe in is they believe in Prolia, Reclast, Actinel, yeah. Fosamax. And no sun. And Boniva.
1: No sun because No will skin exactly. cancer.
0: And, you know, put on sunscreen, you know, 24-7. You just and wear,
1: go out at 8.30 in the morning. You're not going to get And any wear 50
0: Hiva. SPF clothing. Yes. You know, right. Right. I, I sometimes see people, you know, as I ride by my bike bicycle, and there are obviously people probably had some form of skin cancer, and they're walking by... Outside, and it's in the sun, and they're mummified in, in in garments. They're they're wearing, like, these sun-protective hoodies. Yes. And they have, like, zinc oxide on their faces. Some of them are carrying umbrellas. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. It's true. Oh, my goodness. Well, you can find a response to that. I haven't written a response, but I think it's going to be in the newsletter next week. Um, right. And uh, A&H, the Alliance for Natural Health, uh, A&H has a... Uh, a very nice <clears throat> rebuttal, which actually uh, helped them formulate, so that they could get it out quickly. And uh, you should also keep in mind that this is in the context of a campaign to regulate supplements. Yes. That is a there's a collusion between the media, which enables the pharmaceutical industry, since they're highly subsidized with pharmaceutical industry, ph- politicians, which are. Where major highly subsidized are come, by the, the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry. I mean, maybe there's some supplement companies that give like, you know, five or ten thousand dollars to, you know, a politician here and there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, when it comes to pharmaceutical, uh, contributions, they're in the, the tens of millions, mm-hmm. uh, to various, uh, people who are involved in this legislation. Uh, so because Congress is seeking to enlarge FDA's purview of supplements, we have set up an SOS campaign, a Save Our Supplements campaign, and you may have heard me bang the drum on this, but go to Dr. Hoffman. It's an important drum. Yeah, go to <laughs> drhoffman.com slash a and H, uh, to learn how you can take action. There's a template there. You can send your opinion to Congress. They're about to vote on this. Yeah. It's a very critical time, the month of August. And, you know, while they're voting on this and that and the other thing, this package, that package, you know, uh, like a chip package and like more uh, legislation to address the inflation, so-called... Um, th- they're also uh, hot on uh, the trail of uh, an effort which they hope will pass without any commotion to uh, begin regulating supplements more um, severely. Yeah. So yeah. Th- please help with this effort to mm-hmm. uh, safeguard our supplements. Uh, it's the SOS campaign, Save Our Supplements, drhoffman.com slash <clears throat> uh, So, uh, but, you know, is it a coincidence that this article uh, appeared? And, you know, it, it's one thing if they had in one, one of these studies, mm-hmm. that the study had frankly disappointing results about vitamin D, a more temperate editorial would be, well, this is a puzzling study because many studies have shown the benefits of vitamin D. Uh, so, Hundreds. So that would be the, a proper editorial. And yeah. maybe we should be doing some additional research. But they come to a snap conclusion Stop testing for vitamin D and stop prescribing vitamin D. And all you idiots out there are taking vitamin D, you're wasting your money. Unbelievable. And, and the press is echoing this by and large. It's yeah. very scary.
1: Yeah. Uh, for more information on the importance of vitamin D, yeah. go to vitamindsociety.org. It's vitamindsociety.org. Mm-hmm. You'll find wonderful information and reams of research and all kinds of it. One of the... Scientist comes to mind, Dr. Michael Holick. Yes. Who's done a, a body of his work, his life's work, has been on vitamin D. You'll find really wonderful has, information. here. has
0: had his career uh, really threatened because of his yeah. outspoken advocacy of vitamin D. Uh, yeah. A mainstream guy, mm-hmm. a academic researcher. Yeah. Here's one. I just picked this at random. Severe vitamin D deficiency associated with higher sepsis mortality and longer hospital stays. Okay. Wow. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah.
1: Uh, we used to give an entire lecture on vitamin D. Yeah. Just on vitamin D. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that was just that was all false.
1: Yeah. Well, all false. All, forget right. it. Stop tape. Oh, my goodness.
0: Misinformation. Disinformation. Yes. Yes.
1: Anyway, that article is uh, disinformation. Anyway, so on to uh, questions, or is it a time for a break?
0: Good time for a break, because let's allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share a vital message with you. Uh, here it goes. Listen up. If you're over 40, I want to offer you a personal recommendation. Add nitric oxide support to your daily health regimen. You've heard me talk about nitric oxide before. It has a critical impact on the health of your circulatory system, which is critical cardiovascular, cognitive, and even sexual health. We're all born with the ability to make adequate levels of nitric oxide, but as we age, our production goes down, and the efficiency of our body's critical systems are affected. To address my own levels and the levels of my patients, I use Berkeley Life's Nitric Oxide Support Supplement. Berkeley Life's easy two-capsule daily regimen offers a consistent dose of dietary nitrates, the key ingredient that our bodies need to regain healthy levels of nitric oxide. If you're over 40 or treating blood pressure or erectile dysfunction, I suggest you add Berkeley Life to your routine. You can access Berkeley Life by going to berkeleylife.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman for a special on Berkeley Life's nitric oxide support products and enjoy the boost in nitric oxide that I and my patients all enjoy. Again, that's berkeleylife.com Hoffman and use code Hoffman for special access to Berkeley Life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They are what make intelligent medicine A continuing free resource to you. And now back to our questions. We've got a question from Chris. Hydrogen peroxide for the prevention of
1: COVID. I've been reading a lot about using hydrogen peroxide for this. Do you have any opinion on the effectiveness as using hydrogen peroxide nasal spray daily for COVID prevention? Is this even safe? What about gargling with hydrogen peroxide? Well,
0: I think it's a good idea because you know, those nose hairs, especially when they're dark, they really kind of look obtrusive. You know, especially if you, uh, you're you talking to a tall person who has a lot of nose hair and you're a short person, you look up their <laughs> nose. Because you can bleach your nose hair with yes. hydrogen peroxide. Oh. Okay, so... Or you can also, trim them out. <laughs> or you can trim them out. And, and as a public service... Yes. Please do that. Yes. Uh, but here no, <laughs> All kidding aside, mm-hmm. uh, hydrogen peroxide is antiviral, and, but it it can be harsh. It can be. So you have to be careful, and it can inflame the nasal mucosa, so you have to use a dilute solution. But there are other things that are less drastic. It has been suggested that people inhale nebulized hydrogen peroxide. This is what um, uh, has (coughs) been recommended for for COVID by Mm -hmm. certain doctors, and uh, they use it effectively to minimize the uh lung carriage of uh, covid virus yeah uh, but there's also some evidence that using like xylitol nasal spray oh that's which wonderful is the clear xlear yes uh, or using a betadine solution again betadine too strong can be an irritant but a yeah. dilute solution of betadine uh some of our patients are you know when they go to some place that makes them feel a little skeevy about exposure you know like maybe they have to go on a subway or maybe they have to go to a big, uh, I don't know, a theater or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they'll use a dilute solution of betadine, or they'll use clear nasal spray uh, to have... And look, it's not a complete fail-safe, but no. it is somewhat helpful studies show attenuating the viral load in the nasal passages. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, could be something. There, there, there's something to that. Um, if you want to use hydrogen peroxide, be careful that you don't use too strong a concentration. Follow the directions on the sites that recommend this to make sure it's dilute enough that it won't uh, irritate. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know. Isn't it also used for periodontal disease to some yeah, extent? Yeah, I've cargo? used
0: uh, in the past intravenous hydrogen peroxide, you know, it's hmm. like an oxygenating therapy and mm-hmm. found it helpful in people of chronic bronchitis. Oh, wow. Um, don't do it anymore. But, uh, it is something that I think has some potential. Yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of goes, um, you know, people criticized, uh, Trump for talking about, uh, you know, using bleach disinfectant. But I think what he was talking about is some form of chlorox, uh, chloroxy disinfectant kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's really been borne out, but that was the avenue when we had no other options for COVID that people were looking at. Yeah. He just was talking off the top of his head, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, that was criticized, but it's not like a completely nutso idea, but, you know, it's not, yeah. it doesn't mean you take a bottle of Clorox and, and you drink know, it. inject it or something or drink it. You know, it, there's or, sci- or even sniff it. There's a scientific principle to these.
1: That would be the way to get rid of the nose hair. Sniff a bottle. Of <laughs> they will burn away. <laughs> Please don't do, try this at home.
0: Do not try this at home. <laughs> Thank you. Okay.
1: Oh my gosh. Chris, thank you for that question.
0: Yeah. I'm going to call my malpractice attorney right now. I know. know.
1: (laughs) Danny writes, is your immune protocol generally safe to take without Modicare? Do you want to talk about your immune protocol?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Modicare is something that is more for autoimmunity. I generally reserve for that. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, the components of the uh, immune protocol depends on what you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to have a modulating effect on the immune system, then ModuCare is... A, it, it's made by the same company that makes kaiolic aged garlic extract. Yeah. Uh, Wakanaga. Uh, and, but, you know, the immune protocol uh, is it's available to you at drhoffman.com. And, it you know, several nutrients that seem to bolster immunity, which, by yes. the way, I, you know, include vitamin D because, yeah. I mean, there's... Boy, there's so much science on how vitamin D... Enhances the immune response, but at the same time, it Modulates. prevents or it moderates the yes. immune response.
1: Yes, that's why even in autoimmunity, yeah. it's imperative to have a good amount, a good level of vitamin A in the body. D, to, D, D uh, vitamin D. Yeah. Sorry to uh, to modulate to yes. the immune and response and even to you know, Goldilocks it. Rheumatologists so to speak. are yeah.
0: recommending vitamin D for patients with yeah. rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Uh, uh, Neurologists are recommending it for multiple sclerosis, these mm-hmm. autoimmune diseases. There's some really good studies on high-dose vitamin D mm-hmm. for uh, multiple sclerosis, really pretty high doses. Yeah. So, you know, again, coming back to that vitamin coming D thing. Coming back
1: to that, So,
0: yeah, yeah find that uh, immune protocol at dearhoffman.com. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. I guess Danny is meaning that if we take your immune protocol or any immune protocol, is it over? Is it could it cause an overreaction, and maybe that's why you need modu care?
0: No, no, it's no. it's not to put the brakes on. I mean, I have many patients <clears throat> where we want to support immunity. Yeah. we don't give them the modular care because they may have frequent colds, frequent infections, the susceptible. Yes, yes, you know. So obviously, things like vitamin C and zinc. Right. And, you know, these are key things that these are helpful. These are the things to take. And you know, empower, which is uh, AHCC, advanced Hexose correlated compound, mm-hmm. uh, enhances the immune response. Certain mushroom compounds can be helpful. Yeah. And I, I list a, a few because I mean practically speaking, I, I could say here's the immune protocol. It's like take 20 things I try to boil it down to a few specific things
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay Danny, thank you for that All right,
0: I'm stragglers, you know things like that.
1: Yes. Yes uh, Judy writes hi, dr. Hoffman and Layla my husband recently got his first bout of gout and the podiatrist took an x-ray put him on six days of steroids which initially helped but then he was in pain well then the podiatrist gave him a shot of steroids in his painful toe joint he's feeling much better he has a uric acid of 5.8
0: which is normal usually that is not high enough to create a you know yeah. deposition of uric acid in, yeah. in, the, in the, so in the location by location it, it seems like out but by yeah. biochemically he does not have an in such a high level of uric acid. so yeah. I mean, it, plenty of people have toe arthritis. It could come from right. the wrong footwear or, or too much walking yes. or injuries.
1: Judy says his toes have been hurting for a few years, and a podiatrist and a vascular doctor every told him everything looks normal. And somebody mentioned maybe it was gout or maybe rheumatoid arthritis. Well, then
0: he can go to a rheumatologist yeah. or even a regular doctor. I, I run panels often for to rule out yes. uh, rheumatological disease. but. You know, problem is people can have some things where the rheumatoid factor is normal, but they can still have inflammatory gout. I mean, mm-hmm. inflammatory arthritis. Yes, it's called seronegative arthritis, where we might see inflammatory markers like c or C-reactive protein showing inflammation without mm-hmm. the traditional markers for rheumatoid arthritis. Yes,
1: Let's... and then
0: there's psoriatic arthritis. There's various right, parts, yeah.
1: right, 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 right. pseudo
0: gout, which is
1: pseudo gout, which is.
0: Cal, uh, the the uh, calcium composition.
1: Yeah, yeah. Judy, thank you for this question. Okay. Let's see here from Valerie. Valerie says I've been using vitamin B free jigsaw magnesium for years, meaning the magnesium formulation without the B vitamins. You used to mention it fairly often, but n- not for some time. Plus, it's not available on Full Script, so I'm wondering if it's no longer preferred form of magnesium. I think you know if you
0: want to like a I mean it depends on what your goal is. Um there's a, something called reacted magnesium which is a mixture of bioavailable forms of
1: that's a good uh, magnesium one
0: magnesium from orthomolecular. Mhm. And that's I think is fine. Uh and it doesn't have the bees with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And by okay. the way, you know, here's another point about the mm-hmm. uh, the, the vitamin D study uh, if you want to see results in osteoporosis, you don't just give vitamin D. You give a, a suite of nutrients. You give vitamin K to make the vitamin yes. D uh, work better. Yeah. And you give some additional calcium, but not that much calcium.
1: Not much. It's you give magnesium. magnesium,
0: which potentiates the vitamin D and is also essential for bone. Yes. So you you know really need a, a mm-hmm. like a suite of nutrients and testing one nutrient. I mean, I had a discussion with us with uh, Neil Levin from. Uh, Mm-hmm. uh Protocol for Light Balance, which we'll post this week. And, you know, his take on this is that, you know, we're using a, the, the drug testing model to evaluate supplements. And with the drug testing model, you know, you usually test one drug at a time for efficacy. Yes. And that's a model that is used for drug approval and for proof that the drug works. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about supplements, really we have to talk about the efficacy of a... uh a suite of things taken together. Yeah, and with the net desirable results. Yeah, and that's why many uh, Osteoporosis formulations have vitamin D vitamin K they may have the proflavone. They may have some <laughs> calcium some magnesium uh, You know other ingredients like uh, olive leaf have been shown to be helpful. Yeah um, yep. You know so
1: mm-hmm.
0: And then there's even the the methylation question, you know, it's like uh, People who have poor methylation may have bone problems. People with high homocysteine. Uh, yes. That could be a problem.
1: Which is an independent risk factor. Yeah. fracture. So that's something to take into consideration. Okay. All right.
0: So, Layla, we yes. uh, are coming to the time when we go to part two. So give us a preview of what we're going to tackle in part two. Hopefully not something as aggravating as the, the press uh, coverage of the no. vitamin D story.
1: No. My friend is having stomach pains and... Throwing up after a few alcoholic drinks. Well, that's
0: not aggravating at all. No, thank you. That's <laughs> that's going to seem like a walk in the park after the vitamin D story. So, oh my, yeah. let's go. Let's go to part two. Yes, I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Rejoin us uh, as we continue today's Q and A with Layla. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.